0: But I like these stories about the dumb things that criminals sometimes do. And I I heard (laughs) I heard one a while back. This guy was throwing bricks through the windows of jewelry stores and then getting away with the loot. Well, the other day, he threw a brick against a window. It turned out to be a plexiglass piece of window. The brick hit the window, bounced back, whopped him in the head, knocked him cold until the cops got there. (laughs) Isn't that great? So today we're, we're continuing the Ten Commandments series. We're talking about the Eighth Commandment. It's printed in your bulletin. So I invite you to read it with me. It's just three simple words. Let's say these words together. Do not steal. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. I wish, I wish that stealing were just one definition I wish it were just one simple thing, but you know, like I do, that it's not. I mean, we can steal by burglary, but we can also steal by pilfering at work. Pencil here, used part there, ring of paper here. It's so commonplace these days. We we've learned to expect it. We we can steal by deception. You got a, you got a car to sell and. There's something a little bit wrong with the car, but you don't bother to tell the potential buyer about it, right? Or you've got a doctor who, who prescribes a, an unneeded, unneeded test. That's stealing. We can steal other people's ideas. Plagiarism has been a terrible problem on our colleges and universities. Hey, and it, it's a challenge for those of us who are public speakers. Very often, you know, you can take other people's ideas and not give credit where credit is due. That's stealing. We default on loans. We fail to keep our ends of the contract. We we steal by cheating on our taxes. Statistics say 90% of Americans do that. We steal when we close a stock deal based on insider information. Some people steal when they kidnap others. You know, human trafficking, the whole sex trade is such a big problem these days, on top of all of this, we've got the passage that Kevin read, we still, when we withhold from God, the generous giving that it takes in order to accomplish God's work in the world and God's ministry. Now, I don't know whether you've thought about all those things, but I, I had thought about many of them, but there was one thing I had not really thought about and how we can actually steal from God by withholding from people in need the things people need to survive. Uh, I've been using a book during this series by Eugenia Gamble, Presbyterian pastor, and the title of the book is Words of Love. I've got a little, little sticker of a girl that got stuck on here by my grandchild, so I always <laughs> enjoy using it. But, but she says that we need to remember everything that we have comes from God. That is the wealth that's in our pockets, the possessions we have in our homes, that, that everything we have is a gift from God. And she says what God calls us to do is to not think of ourselves as owners of this stuff, but actually to think of ourselves as stewards, as managers. So that we use the resources that have come in our hands in a way that brings honor to God's purpose and God's plan in the world. Here's something she said, and I had no idea about this. She says, in the Hebrew language, there is no word for the word beggar. I I didn't realize this, but listen to what she says. The Hebrew equivalent, zedek, which we say when talking about giving to the poor, actually means righteousness or right-doing. According to this belief, the poor have a right to be supported by those who are more fortunate because the more fortunate are only stewards of what belongs to God. So we actually steal from God and from other people when we withhold from those who are in need basic things, the basic things people need for dignity and for life. You know, I, I, one time I... Uh, I got on the internet and I looked up synonyms for the word steal. Usually when I do that, I I can just find one or two or three or four synonyms. I I found, literally, this time, y'all, I found 71 synonyms. There's so many ways we break this command. But you know that. I know that. Why do we steal? You You ever ask that question? Why do we steal? I think some, several reasons. Sometimes people steal because they're desperate. Somebody who's hungry, desperately hungry, may, may steal. I know a guy who was uh, a, an officer in a Presbyterian church that was a new church start. And he embezzled money from that church. And you know why he did? it? Because his business was going down the tank. And he felt desperate. We steal like that. Sometimes I think we steal because we have a sense of scarcity of things. And, and it gets confusing because sometimes you don't know whether there's true scarcity or whether it's just some anxiety that you and I feel. I mean, think, think back to 2020, right? Where there was this sense of scarcity about toilet paper, <laughs> and you couldn't find it anywhere. Well, was that supply chain or was that real? You know, but but we feel that, and the anxiety about scarcity, I think, can move us to take what is not ours. Sometimes we steal because it's kind of like a game. Um, I think certainly teenagers sometimes approach that with shoplifting. We, I know the gang members do that. It's sort of a game. It's sort of a, a, a way of being accepted. I, I heard this kind of crazy story about a guy who who was stealing from the lumber yard that he worked from. And he was stealing lumber. And he'd been doing it for several years. And finally, his conscience, it was just bothering him. He, he had to do something about it. He was a Catholic. So he went to confession. And he says to the priest, you know that he's been doing this, and the priest says, well, just exactly how much lumber have you stolen? And he said, well, enough to build my house, my dad's house, my son's house, and a house on the lake. And the... <laughs> the uh, The priest said, my, that's that's going to take a pretty big pittance. He said, have you ever done a retreat? And the guy said, well, well, no, but if you give me the plans, I know where we can get some lumber. (laughs) You know, it's kind of game for him. Sometimes we steal because greed gets a hold of us. Do 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 you ever think about how easy it is to confuse what we actually need in our lives from from what we actually want. You know, when those things get confused, when everything becomes a need, then then we only have two choices. Either we're going to hoard what we've got and not share with others, or we're going to take from somebody else to get what we, quote, need. I think underlying all of these different reasons for why we steal is really just one thing. It's really just a hyper-focus on ourselves. It's like somehow we get blinders on and we forget there are other people. We forget there are other needs. We, We get focused so much on ourselves. And in that singular focus, we get trapped in a lifestyle that makes theft kind of a normal, okay thing. Several years ago, Henry Nowlin, spiritual writer, talked about how uh, he had learned that in native tribes in the jungle, they had a very clever way of catching little monkeys. I don't know if you, you all have ever seen this. Uh, but they take a coconut, this is a coconut I got from Walmart, and they'll cut a little hole in it and get all the contents out. And the hole is really just big enough for a little monkey to get the paw right, right inside they will lash this to a tree, and then they will put a trinket inside, something sparkling. So the little monkey comes along and can get his or her hand into the hole. But once they grab the trinket, they've got it in a fist like this, and voila, they can't get it back out. And so instead of letting go when they see the, the tribesmen coming to bag them, They hold on to it like crazy, and they're trapped. And I thought, that's what happens to us. It's like we get our lives wrapped around our own selfishness. We get our lives wrapped around ourselves. And every time that happens, we get trapped into almost an unconscious way of life that is marked by theft. So how do we go about things differently? I mean, all of this is just so common. It's so normal. It's a part of your life. It's a part of my life. How do we begin to move in a different way? And you know, these commandments, we've talked about this. These commandments aren't intended to be bad news. God didn't give this to make us all feel guilty, to make us all feel bad. God gave these commandments to give us life to help us have life at its very, very best. And so in every prohibition, there is a promise. In every commandment, there's actually an invitation. So what's the invitation here? I think the invitation is what Jesus says in that passage that Mark read. There's an invitation in this commandment to generosity. I mean, you think about it. What's the opposite of taking from somebody and and stealing? It is giving to somebody. What's the opposite of hoarding for yourself? It's generosity. It's it's sharing. And, And that's what this passage said. I mean, did you hear it? He says, the reason we can be generous is because that's how God is related to us. Do you stop and think about that? How generous God is to you. How generous God has been to you. Think about the gifts that you have in your life by the presence and power of God, even in those times when you or I clearly did not deserve it. Jesus says, Live out this God created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. He says, give your life away. You'll find life given back, but not merely given back. Given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way generosity begets generosity. I know it's not the, the right time of year to tell this story, but you all know the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's just, it's the great, it's a great story. So George Bailey... You know, wants to have this amazing life. He wants to travel. He wants to be a person of business. He wants to make lots of money. He wants to do big things. And yet, because of the untimely death of his dad, he has to stay in Bedford Falls to run the Bailey Building and Loan, this ramshackled old building and loan. And he can't stand it. But the interesting thing is, George Bailey lives A generous life. People are in need. And George is the first one to pull money out of his pocket to help him. You've got people who who make low wages, who never could get a conventional loan in order to have a house. And the Bailey Building and Loan provides it. So there are all these people on the cutting edge financially who have decent places to live. It's a generous life. And here's what happens in the story. And you know the movie. I don't think I'm spoiling it here is George reaches a time where he needs help himself. He's been accused falsely of stealing. And so all these people that he's helped, from the most important in the community to the smallest in the community, show up in order to help and support him. Isn't that what Jesus said? Generosity begets generosity. When when we're generous... It's like the blinders come off, and we actually can see other people and the needs that they have. You know, when when we're generous, we we don't have to be so anxious about times of scarcity because we have the confidence to know God provides always, in all circumstances. When, When we're generous, instead of having to grab hold of stuff like this ourselves, we can do like this, we can share and give. I think, I think this commandment is really like wisdom literature. You know, wisdom always kind of presents two ways of life. Wisdom says there's a way of life that's wise and there's a path of life that is foolish. It says there's a, there's a way of life that's sensible, there's a way of life that's silly. There's a way of life that brings joy, that brings satisfaction, but there's a way of life that will lead you to anxiety and fear and loss. And I think this commandment says that. It holds up a coconut before you and me. It says, are you going to be the person whose life is wrapped around herself or himself and you're stuck? You can't get it out? Are you going to be the person who's going to open up and let go of yourself and live that life of generosity. You know, the prohibition of this commandment is clear. Do not steal. But the blessing and the grace of this commandment comes with live a generous life. That's where the joy and the hope, that's where the goodness is. May we believe in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.